0: <clears throat> so I'm going to read uh, the letter of Jude. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, are beloved in God and the Father and kept safe for Jesus Christ. May mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Beloved, while eagerly preparing to write you about the salvation we share, I find it necessary to write an appeal to you to contend for the faith that was once and for all entrusted to the saints. For certain intruders have stolen in among it, people who long ago were designated for this condemnation as ungodly, to pervert the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only master and Lord, Christ Jesus. Now I desire to remind you, though you are fully informed, that the Lord who once for all saved for all saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their own position, but left their proper dwelling, he was kept in, in eternal chains in the deepest darkness of judgment of the great day. Likewise, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which in the same manner as they indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural lust, serve an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal eternal fire yet in the same way these dreamers also defile the flesh and reject authority and slander the glorious ones but when the archangel michael contended with the devil and disputed about the body of moses he did not dare bring a condemnation of slander against him but said the lord rebuke you but these people slander whatever they do not understand and they are destroyed by those things that they like are like like irrational animals they know by instinct. Woe to them, for they go the way of Cain and abandon themselves to bomb's error for the sake of gain and perish in Korah's rebellion. These are blemishes on your love feasts while they feast with you without fear, feeding themselves. They are waterless clouds carried along by the winds, autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea casting up the foam of their own shame, wandering stars, for whom the deepest darkness has been reserved forever. It was also about these that Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam prophesied, saying, See, the Lord is coming with 10,000 of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict everyone of all the deeds of ungodliness they have committed in such an ungodly way and all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers and malcontents. They indulge their own lusts, They are bombastic in speech, flattering to people to their own advantage. But you, beloved, must remember the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, for they said to you in the last times there will be scoffers indulging in their own ungodly lusts. It is these worldly people, the void of the Spirit, who are causing divisions. But you, beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, look forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life, and have mercy on some who are wavering. Save others by snatching them out of the fire, and have mercy on still others with fear, hating even the tunic defiled by their bodies. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to make you stand without blemish in the presence of his glory with rejoicing. The only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, authority before all time, now, and forever. Amen. Okay, thanks. Um, I just wanted to keep a context of of the the whole thing. We're not going to be involved too much with uh, the middle portion of the epistle. Um, When I was putting this lesson together... Um, I was concentrating on our theme for the year which is becoming particular to the divine nature and uh, I was talking with Josh uh, in between the class and uh, worship and uh, I realized I was supposed to talk about excellence as well I think a lot of this stuff is synonymous. I think if you're uh, striving to be a partaker of the divine nature, you're also striving for excellence. Uh, so this is some of the things I want to talk about this morning. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the introduction in the, in the book of Jude, the letter of Jude. Uh, Jude um, might be a relative of Jesus. Some say he might be Jesus's brother or his cousin. Say he's the brother or cousin of, of James, the author of a, a prior book. <clears throat> this is mentioned in Matthew uh, chapter 13 and in Mark chapter 6. Um, Jude, you know, and I've always wondered where the name Jude came from, but basically it's a shortened version of uh, Judas. Uh, the name Judah is the Hebrew version and Judas is the Greek version and it's a common name uh, back in those days. Um, but it was shortened to Jude to differentiate from Judas Iscariot, okay? it's a blemish on the name. And so uh, in order to there not be any confusion, um, it was shortened to Jude. Um, In verse 2 of of the epistle. May mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Uh, To me, this is a prayer or part of a prayer or a wish that Jude wishes for God's people. He talks about mercy, peace, and love. Uh, Mercy, uh, what is that? um God's mercy um, displayed or received by us God's people um, when he comes to judge the world we all want God's mercy okay peace what's peace supernatural contentment no matter the circumstances no matter what's happening to you what circumstance you might be in because you're a Christian because you're a follower of Jesus Christ you want a certain peace and contentment Um, this was true remember when uh, the Apostles Peter and John were imprisoned and uh, despite the fact that they were in chains, there was a contentment, they were singing hymns, they were praying, Paul had this this peace, this contentment as well. That's the peace that that, that Jude is uh, wishing or praying for the followers of God, the people who uh, who he's uh, directing his epistle to. And love. It's love. It's God's love that becomes evident to us, evident uh, to his people, um, so we're able to emulate that love. Okay. So it's mercy, peace, and love. These are three traits that, uh, that Jude wishes for the people that he, he's writing to. As we, re- as we read, the letter is a warning concerning false teachers in the community of believers. I'm not going to get too much into that, but I will say that um, Jude states that were, they were not to be influenced by those people. Okay? So how are they, they not be influenced by those people? By being a discerning people, be able to discern what's right, what's wrong. And he also says that they to reach out to those who are influenced by false teachers. And that's being merciful. That's emulating the mercy um, of God, of the Father. So being a Christian is being guided by you know, discernment. And you do you discern with prudence. Okay, you have to think and observe <laughs> extending mercy to me is taking part in the divine nature when you extend mercy to others you're emulating Jesus and his nature so you're a participant now in the book in the letter Jude offers five ways to stay faithful um, and being faithful, I think, I said some of these things are synonymous, so being faithful is a way of achieving excellence. Okay. Um, and the ways that he, he, he states here is continuing to partake uh, in the divine nature in midst of opposition or affliction, because these people are facing affliction here, they're facing opposition. So. instruct them to build themselves up in the faith. He also instructs to pray in the Holy Spirit to stay within the Word of God and wait eagerly for the return of Christ and show mercy on those (laughs) unstable in the faith. Now we're only going to concern ourselves with three of those five. I want to talk about building yourself up in the faith and in verse 17 he talks about remembering the predictions of the apostles and the apostles talked about in future times there are going to be scoffers they're going to be people who are going to come in and try to subvert the teaching of Jesus Jesus Christ and we're also to remember not only that but the predictions and what they talked about Jesus in general um, what his mission was what you know his love for the church what he wanted for his people so he's you know he's instructed him to remember the predictions of the apostles um, in john thirteen twenty, this is further embellished where it says very truly i tell you whoever receives the one whom i send receives me and whoever receives me receives him who sent me so if you remember The teaching of the Apostles they were sent by Jesus if you receive them you receive Jesus and if you receive Jesus you receive God in all his fullness Um, remembering also implies something else if you're going to remember you're going to have to study so remembering implies that we study the scriptures. In 2 Peter 3.18, it reads, but grow in grace and knowledge in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the word grow or growth, that to me suggests multiple levels of learning, not just a superficial, uh, one dimensional type of learning. It means there's steps and we talked this morning about um, I can't remember exactly what the word was but I stated it was like a relative a relative term we all have an allotment of faith okay Um, to deal with our circumstances and so we all grow at different rates but there is a growth process okay, that we have to go through if we're going to build ourselves up in, our, in faith, if we're going to try to uh, obtain excellence if we're, if we're going to partake or be partakers of the divine nature also it tells us uh, to build ourselves up on our most holy faith, that's in verse 20 and if we're going to build, if you think about the word build, it's usually with Constructing something, maybe a piece of furniture, maybe a piece of art, maybe a house, some sort of edifice. It means we're going to be personally involved into that. It's not going to be something we're going to sit, if we're builders, we're not going to be to sit back and watch somebody else do it. We're going to be actively involved. So if we're actively involved, we have like a personal responsibility for whatever our job is, and we have to put in the effort and that's kind of like what i want to emphasize it in order to, to build ourselves up in the faith we have to participate okay we, it's, it's an active process if we're going to if we're going to grow uh, we have to facilitate that growth <laughs> acts chapter 2 verse 42 speaks of steadfastness they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship into the breaking of bread and prayers. Again, they're talking about the apostles' teachings or so remember the teaching of the apostles. Okay, And they were steadfast. Meaning, if you're going to grow, if you're going to advance in the divine nature and your understanding of it, your participation in it, if you're going to grow, if you're going to be a participant in building yourself up, making yourself stronger, you have to be steadfast about it, okay? You have to put one foot, so to speak, ahead of the other, because there are going to be trials. There are going to be tribulations. And it can throw you off course, it can throw you way off course if you let it you have to be steadfast and in Acts it talks the apostle that talks about that it also talks about the breaking of bread in prayers so I want to kind of transition here into the uh, topic of praying in the Holy Spirit um, a couple weeks ago uh, we gave a class and uh, the topic of the Holy Spirit came up and we talked about it a little bit and Richard actually says he's gonna preach about that in the future so I'm, I'm interested, um, you know, to, to see how that what that's gonna be. Um, but we're gonna talk a little bit about that in the context of, of, of praying this morning. In Philippians four, uh, verses six and seven, it says, do not worry about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. So, Paul uses the expression "pray in the spirit" in Ephesians 6:18, but he doesn't really elaborate. He doesn't say "pray in the spirit" and this is what that means. Okay. Um, but in Galatians 5.25, he says, if we live or walk, which the reader your translation says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. So if we're living in the Spirit, we're living according to the Spirit's direction. And those directions are found in the Holy Scriptures. When we pray in the spirit by extension our prayers have to be in harmony with what the Holy Spirit teaches in the Word of God so when um, scriptures say uh, when prayer you pray, you pray ask and he will answer you and say well you know I asked for that and it didn't happen you know well our prayers have to be in harmony with the Holy Spirit and what it teaches in the Word of God and what God's will is. Okay. So, when we're praying in the Spirit, let's keep those things in mind. In First John 5.14 it says, And this boldness we have in Him, if, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. That's praying in the Spirit. If we ask according to His will, He hears us. Okay now the Jude also instructs uh, the readers of his epistle to show mercy towards those unstable in the faith in verse 22 it says have mercy on those who are wavering save others by snatching them out of the fire and have mercy on still others with fear okay having mercy on those unstable in the faith. By having mercy we're emulating the way God shows mercy towards us. And sometimes that's kind of a hard thing to do because we're human and we have these human instincts and I think you know when, when you're talking about participating uh, in divine nature and you're striving for excellence okay you're trying to pair off those human traits that we have, the kind of, uh, you know, the pitfalls that we we, we walk into. And sometimes, you know, when, 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 when people aren't kind of acting the way that we feel they should act, or they're kind of going off course, and sometimes when they go off course, they're kind of innocent about it. They don't really understand everything. But sometimes people kind of know full well what they're doing, but they're being belligerent and they want to do it anyways. And, and, and sometimes, you know, a person might fall victim to some sort of teaching or some sort of philosophy that it's clear to us that, that that might be wrong or misguided, but it's not clear to them. So we have to find patience and show mercy for those people and teach. Uh, by example, really, is the best way of teaching, the best way that we can. So practicing these things uh, facilitates our staying within the love of God uh, as we wait for Jesus to return, and, and and that's what we look forward to. That's why we have to be steadfast because we're not privy to when that's going to happen. We just we're told that it will happen, and to just prepare yourself, be prepared. Okay. In verse 24. Jude, it says, Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to make you stand without blemish, we know our power, our strength is in the Lord. And the word able, to him who is able, the word able is synonymous with power. He is able, he has the power uh, to keep us from falling. So it's something that we participate in but it's not something that we do all by ourselves okay and if we do this we'll continually partake in the divine nature nature and achieve as we strive for for excellence. Now to finish up this morning if if we're trying to do those things if we're working to do those things, we're kind of like a work in progress, so to speak. Um, what's going to be the manifestation of that? What's going to be the byproduct of, of that, so to speak? Of what's going to be the result of partaking in the divine nature? Well, I have some features here that I want to, want to, want to talk about a little bit. I think it's one who is slow to lose patience, enduring any inconvenience. That's kind of hard, huh? Um, I don't personally don't like to be inconvenienced. I think you know, just kind of a microcosm of that that thinking with me is driving. I can't handle traffic. When I, I get in my car and I want to go where I want to go. And don't slow me down. Don't, don't, don't. You know, <laughs> drive your car the way it's supposed to be driven. You know, and so I, I know that I'm like that. A lot of times I'm by myself. Sometimes I'm with my family. But I, I know that I'm like that. I'm short on patience in that circumstance, and that's kind of like a minor, minor thing. Okay, but I know other people have that same sort of thing. Um, I can remember t- just two people. There's one, I remember one guy at Embry Hills was, you know, he, he came to the front to say that he'd lost his patience and, and I'm not going to mention any names, but and there was a guy in San Diego that we went to church with who came out of the car with his, I don't know if you remember those, uh, what they call those things to keep, club. yeah, club. Came out of the car with his club. So, I mean, those are things that they're, they're, you know you're by yourself okay most of the time and you know so slow to lose patience in doing any inconvenience to any inconvenience so how about quick to be gracious and kind are, are, are we like that are we growing in that capacity quick to be gracious kind um, gracious sounds like it comes from the word grace and showing that God shows us grace and mercy so do we show that to other people are we it's our first thought to be kind to to someone else um, yeah. um, but i look for a way to to be helpful are we looking for a way to be, and it says looking, not not being helpful, but looking for a way to be helpful, or going out of your way to help others. Refrain from trying to impress others with his own importance. That's all about your ego and keeping your ego in check. Um, and I think if, in our study in John, the fact that certain individuals, certain groups, weren't able to check their ego led to Jesus' crucifixion, led to their rejection of him. Okay, So keeping our ego, our own self-importance uh, in check uh, is part of that. What about you think the best and not the worst of others <clears throat> what 's your first you know when you see and when you when you 're you're around people then some people you 're going to gravitate to because you click you 're on that level where you click you have things in common and other people you don 't have anything in common with at all and that 's really when i when I think about the church that 's <clears throat> what's kind of amazing about, it's one of the first things that I kind of really picked up on, uh, you know, about the church community, the Christian community, is you're thrown together, at least I am, and I'm, th- I'm sure that others would, would put, think like, would see that too, that you're thrown together with people that, under different circumstances, you wouldn't really have anything to do with. You wouldn't even deal with it in any capacity. Okay, and you're thrown together in this community and you have to be able to relate and and, and respect and love each other Um, I look at the apostles and I think the apostles are kind of a microcosm of humanity different people, different walks of life, probably a few of them probably wouldn't have crossed paths with the others if they hadn't come in contact with Jesus or if Jesus had not chosen them Okay, and they had to get along and they had to, you know, sort things out with each other. They had their arguments. Remember, they were arguing over who was the greatest. I mean, they're right there. That's all about ego, kind of ego in check. They did all those things, and those are the things that we're going to go through that we have to deal with in in the church community. And it's kind of easier. I mean, we're in in a a small uh, congregation here. So, we have contact with each other more readily in a bigger congregation it 's kind of like easier to kind of like be become invisible and and maybe not have to deal with some of these these issues up front okay and maybe you have like a self you think that, you know you 've got things in control when you really don 't because you don 't really deal with the issues faced you know close up so um, about one who is wise, as a serpent, and harmless as a dove, in dealing with others. I'd think about that one a little bit, um, because nobody wants to be called a snake. You know, if somebody calls you a snake, that's kind of like a pejorative. But you know, that's. But it's a simile that Jesus is using—a figure of speech—and. The serpent, in for instance in Genesis uh, chapter three, verse one, describes the serpent as subtle, crafty, and shrewd. Um, on the other hand, a dove is innocent and pure. Uh, it's one of the clean animals and it's used for sacrifice, um, and it's a symbol of peace even today in, in secular term symbol of peace so if you're going to be wise as a serpent and, and, and also too I should put this in proper context when Jesus uh, said that his apostles should approach uh, the world like this when he sent them out um, he was talking about them going on to a world that was hostile a hostile world um, purposefully hostile not 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 incidentally hostile, but like, think about a ravishing wolf. A wolf like that knows with purpose what he's going to do to you, okay? So you're sending him out into a world where people are purposefully going to be hostile toward them, where people are purposefully going to be hostile towards us. And he gives them this advice to be wise as a servant when you're dealing with people to be subtle and shrewd okay not looking for trouble not looking to escalate things not looking to make yourself at the center of things Um, but also harmless as a dove okay which is if you look at Jesus' example that's the way he was okay Um, And when we go out to teach people, um, we don't want to be predatory like people who are predatory towards us. We don't want to turn that around and be predatory towards them. Um, I've always felt that the, the best way of teaching people is how you live your life. And I think that's what the scriptures are teaching. Now, we engage people, we sit down and study with them, okay? But the best way to teach people is the way you live your life. And that person observes you or knows you, whether it be on the job, or wherever, whatever environment that you're in, and by the way you live your life, that's the way you can convince people. It's not convince them entirely, that's the way you kind of entice them to, you know, really be curious about what kind of person you are, how did you get that way? Why are you like that? Okay. So, why is the serpent, harmless as a dove when you're dealing with others. Not easily provoked or irritated. Okay. Um, that's similar to uh, slow to use patience, to lose patience. Okay. Are you, you know, are you the kind of person that's on edge? all the time. And it's an ego thing too. Um, usually when you're provoked or irritated you're thinking about yourself. You're thinking more inwardly than, than, than outwardly. Does that gloat over the, wi- the wickedness of other people? Um, sometimes that can be subtle because we might not do it overtly, we might that, you know, we know that person's doing something bad, I, mean, I, I, I don't concur with that. But sometimes it can, it can, it can be subtle. Uh, so we have to be careful about that. Um, I'm gonna go back to looks for ways to be helpful. Um, there's a lot of ways to be helpful and to, to, to look for ways. Um, people uh, help others in a lot of different ways. There are people who are very free uh, monetarily. Um, there are people who uh, know how to comfort people. Um, there, there are kind of physical ways that we can help people, but going through life, one of the things that I've kind of noticed is that sometimes from an emotional standpoint, sometimes people have a hard time with that. I don't want to say that people are bankrupt a lot in in that area, but sometimes people have a hard time with that, being emotionally accessible. To other people, they're kind of thinking about their own feelings, their own emotions, and they don't take in consideration the way somebody, you know, somebody else might might feel about things. Um, and also, I've also seen it. I'm not saying here, but in general, through my life, my uh, experience with the church, that people. I don 't think they do it on purpose, but in the scriptures it's called a respecter person. okay that means preferring one person over another um, for whatever reason okay and I've, I've seen this a bit in the congregation where in congregations where where people uh, elevate certain people. And ignore other people Okay, and uh, so when you're looking for ways to be helpful mm-hmm. think about that um, think about so I know sometimes it's hard you know if you especially if you're a shy person to you know go over and talk to them the person standing alone because you're shy too they're probably shy you're probably shy you know so um, and so but just 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 think about that because Sometimes there might not be that gregarious, outgoing person in the congregation, and you might have to be the one to go over and do that, okay? So, and finally, exhibits the love of Christ in his heart and in his life, and that's kind of like a summation of all that. It's a summation of striving for that excellence. It's a summation of being a, or a partaker, a participant in the divine nature where you're, and you're unconsciously doing it. I think you get to the point where it's not like a conscious thing. I'm not, am I exhibiting the love of Christ today? Well, it just becomes a part of your life, okay. And that's the way. And I think that that's what we're all striving for. And I think we all have that to a certain degree, different degrees of it, okay. And it should be something that kind of like this. You know, becomes part of our nature. You know, um, I don't know how to not really to, to describe it? I, I well, I'll use a, a Josh as Josh says a silly example. Um, as a kid, I liked baseball, and I still like it to this day. But I wanted to play, but I didn't really. You know, when you when you watch it on television, or you're playing with your friends in the park or something, it's different with, when you get into the organized organized game. Cause, all of a sudden, people get serious about it. There's you realize, they're, they're people that are really good at this, you know. And uh, when I first started out, I couldn't. My hand-eye coordination wasn't where it should be, and I couldn't hit. I struck out a lot, you know. Couldn't hit. Get frustrated, like you know, I can't play this game. And um, I remember from one season, I came back the next season. I don't know if it was all that the practice that you do and and then maybe my body maturing maybe my coordination coming together I wasn't as klutzy as I was you know and and I remember I got up to hit and I just swung real easy and I got a single and the next time I got another one and I just got really confident about it and it wasn't anything that I was thinking about like you know it just kind of I matured in that way kind of Happen, and I think kind of that like we we're talking about exhibiting the love of Christ in your heart and in your life. It's just something that you would turn into, it where you you, you know it just becomes evident. Maybe somebody will see it in you. You won't really even think about it yourself. If somebody will see it in you. You know, maybe remark about it in some way. So, so like I said, these characteristics can be summed up as uh, the, the love of the Lord and loving others which is what we're striving for and I just want to finish off with scripture in Matthew uh, chapter 22 verses 37 through 39 and he said to him you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind this is the great and foremost commandments. And the second is like it's you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And that encapsulates really what I wanted to talk about this morning.